On today's show, learn about the five factors to have a successful summer season and beyond. Now it's summertime and you're busy, but I want to talk to you today about five things you got to keep in mind to maintain your success, not just this summer, but moving into the fall and making sure you're ready for year round success. Hey everybody, Weldon Long here, one of the founding members here at EGIA Contract University. Welcome to this ninth episode of our Seizing the Summer series. We're trying to give you content to help you focus on making money now, but also get ready for the fall. And one of the things I want to talk about today are five factors that you need to keep in mind during the summer to make sure, number one, you get the most out of the summer, but number two, make sure you're ready for going into September. One of the biggest challenges as the owner of a contracting company, any business really, is you got to stay focused on what you got to do today, but you always got to have kind of one eye towards the horizon because you have to be prepared for whatever is coming next. And that's why I thought this topic would be really good because over my, you know, nearly 20 years now in the contracting industry and, you know, having uh, several companies of my own, I've learned there's some things you got to do in summer, but you can't lose sight of stuff that's coming down the pike as you move into cooler temperatures and cooler weather in September. So today I want to talk about uh, those factors. The first thing I want to talk about is you have to stay focused on the process. Now, what I mean by that is when you think about running a service call or running a sales call or booking a lead or whatever it is, there's always a process associated with what you're doing. The process of running a sales call, running that service call, whatever it leads. And there's some basic things that you have to do to have success. Well, one of the things that we find that happens in the summertime is that contractors can lose sight of the process, right? They get so busy that we lose sight of the fundamentals. And I wanted to remind you that when you're running a service call, running a sales call, booking a lead, you can't lose sight of the fundamentals no matter how busy you get. You know, when you talk about booking a lead, for example, it's critically important to do a few things. And you don't want to skip these things just because you get really busy. When that lead comes in, that opportunity comes in, you have to make sure you build that relationship with your homeowner, right? That's the primary job of the lead coordinator. More important than the technical information you're going to get, what is the nature of the relationship that you're building with your homeowner? You want to build that relationship, find out what they're doing, find out what's important to them. If you hear the baby crying, ask the baby's name. If they talk about their husband, make sure you know about what's going on with him. You want to gather as much information as you can because that's the beginning of the relationship building process. Unfortunately, when we get really busy sometimes, lead coordinators just start, you know, we'll be there Tuesday at 2 o'clock, click, right? Well, what happens, that's going to affect the quality of the result from the sales department. So I just really want to urge you to make sure that when you're booking a call in the summertime, even though you're going to be really busy, you got to make sure and hit the fundamentals. Don't skip the basics. Build the relationship. One of the other things that's critically important on booking a, a sales lead is making sure whenever possible, we have both homeowners present. And we want to explain what the call is going to be about, the load calculation, measuring the house, uh, various information and activities that the salesperson will engage in. We want to make sure the homeowner understands that it's in their best interest if all parties, all homeowners, are involved in the design process. Why is that important? Well, obviously, if you have a salesperson who has all the homeowners present, they have a much better opportunity to close that deal. Unfortunately, what happens when we get busy is that we lose sight of some of the fundamentals and we just start booking leads and we forget to try to get both homeowners present. The net result is now our salespeople are running more leads, but they're not really more productive because they don't have the lead, the lead properly set. We have to make sure the relationship is set, 
We have to make sure that all homeowners are present whenever possible. And thirdly, on that lead coordination call, you got to make sure that your salespeople have time to do their job, at least 90 minutes, right? Because sometimes people will book a quick sales call thinking that the guy's going to come off, you know, come by over lunch and drop off a, a bid over 15 minutes. Well, that's not the way we do it in a professional services company. We're going to build a relationship with the homeowner inside the house, do the load calculation, energy audit, et cetera, et cetera. It takes time to do those things. So again, sometimes we get in a hurry, we get really busy. What do we do? We just say someone will be out Tuesday at 2 o'clock and we forget to tell them, you know, how long it's going to take and why it's going to take that long. So when it comes to booking a lead, building the relationship, qualifying the time, getting both homeowners present, those are the fundamentals. You cannot skip those in the busy summer season. It will kill the productivity of your salespeople. Let's talk about a service call. Listen, when you go on a service call, you really have kind of three sections to your call. Uh, section number one is kind of your introduction and relationship building. Uh, it's very important, obviously, in the service call. We want to make sure we get permission from the homeowner to uh, bring other problems to their attention because typically the homeowners are going to call us about one problem. Well, you're probably going to find five other problems, and you want to bring those other problems to the homeowner. Why? Well, because in this business, you get paid to solve problems. And the nature of your income depends on the number of problems you can find for people and the number of problems you get their permission to solve. So you've got to be able to find problems and bring those to the homeowner's attention. One of the most important parts of that process is early on in the sales call, we want to get permission from the homeowner to bring other problems to their attention. In other words, you might say, uh, I'm going to get started on my call here now, Mr. Homeowner, and oftentimes as I'm you know, performing my service call, I'll find other problems with code issues and you know, comfort issues, safety issues. If I find those problems, is that something I should bring to your attention or just keep that information to myself? Well, always the homeowner's going to say, well, no, tell me, right? Now you have their permission. Well, that's one of the fundamentals that can, that can get skipped in the summertime because we're so busy, we're slammed, and we forget to take the 10 seconds that it takes to do that. The net result of that, you find additional problems in the house, but you have not got the homeowner's permission to bring it to their attention. It creates that awkward kind of situation when you do bring it to their attention, right? Because it's so much easier if they give you permission and, and, and ask you to bring those problems to their attention. So that's one of the fundamentals that you have to make sure that you're engaging in. Uh, once you start doing the bulk of your service call, this is where I call your, your, your service magic. It's where you do your mechanical magic. You got to make sure you're very thorough in that process. Again, you can't cut corners just because it's, you know, 107 degrees outside and you're super busy. You have to stay with the fundamentals. The third step of any service call is, you know, your summary and your recommendations, right? You find out what the problem is. You sit down with the homeowner at the end and you say, Mr. Homeowner, I want to share my findings with you and, you know, make your recommendations. When you do this, it's really important that you have kind of a sit-down conversation with your homeowner. You don't want to have that recommendation conversation as you're walking out to your truck. Well, sometimes we get really busy and we forget to have the sit-down conversation. What's the net result? We're not as productive as we normally would be because we're not taking the time to present the options recommendations to our homeowner. So that's another perfect example of how we can cut corners during the summer and the net result is we don't have the success that we deserve because we're cutting all these corners. Let's talk about real quick about a sales call. Listen, when you go on a sales call, a replacement opportunity, you got to build a relationship, investigate the problems, solve the problems, ask for the order. You got to take your time, do your load calc, do your product demonstration. All these things are critically important to your overall success. Unfortunately, again, we get so busy, sometimes we find ourselves walking in, dropping off a bid, and sayonara, right? As a result, we don't sell as many systems or we sell, you know, lower efficiency systems because it takes time 
to sell efficiency. So my point is very simple. There are fundamentals to everybody's job in the company. Just because it's busy doesn't mean you start skipping those fundamentals. Because if you do skip those fundamentals, you're not going to have the productivity, the success that you are used to, and what a waste of the summer. <laughs> you got all this activity, but you're not performing as well. So even though you're busier, maybe you're not producing the results that you would expect when you're busier. You got to stick to the fundamentals. It's critically important. So number one, when you get into the summer season, like we are right now, or right in the heat of the season, right? You got to make sure to focus on your process, execute on the fundamentals with precision and accuracy and consistency. If you skip the fundamentals, you'll pay the price in your productivity. The second thing I want you to remember in the summer is that it ain't going to be summer forever. Right? It's not always going to be 100 degrees. And one of the things, if you've been in this business more than a season or two, you know about a little thing I like to call Black September. Black September is what happens in the month of September when everyone's attention goes to school, school clothes, tuition, you know, school books, whatever. And even in this COVID era, people still buy books and tuition and different things for school, even if they're doing online classes. Although I think most of the schools will be opened up by September. This means people got to buy clothes. You combine that with the fact that it's probably a little bit cooler wherever you are in September, and we have a recipe for disaster, which is what I call Black September. By that I mean the air conditioning business is going to dramatically slow down. And it's not just that it's slowing down in September. It's very, very common that if you're, you know, doing a lot in the summer and you may have bills from July and August come crushing down on you like a tidal wave in September, and all of a sudden you don't have the money to pay it. Which is why, step number two, you got to make sure and save some cash when you're in the summertime, right? When you're making the hay and the sun is shining, you got to save some of that stuff for a rainy day, right? Because you're going to get some rainy days in September. I can't tell you the number of times with small contractors. They get into the summer, and they are kicking booty and taking names, making money hand over fist. And all of a sudden, they're buying a new boat. And all of a sudden, they're buying the $40,000 truck. And they're buying this, and they're buying that, and they're spinning like a drunken sailor. And then September hits, and business says, boom. And then you've got you know, 45 days of payables come crashing down on you. I've seen more companies go under in September, October, November because they basically blew all their money in the summertime. I'll give you a perfect example. I had my financial meeting with my HVAC company today. And I'm very proud to tell you we did almost $600,000 and we had very healthy earnings of around 18% in July, right? Or June rather. We reported in July, but for June's business. And of course, everyone's super excited and you know, there's lots of ideas of things we can do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're taking money and we're putting it away for Black September because we're going to need it to stay in business when things slow down until we get to our heating season in Colorado here in about October. So I just think it's super, super important that you have to be aware of the cyclical nature of our business. Now, I'm not saying the weather drives the business 100%. I'm not saying that. I'm a person who says that we drive the business, not the weather. However, having said that, there are some realities that you simply cannot change when it's much, much cooler in September. And I just don't want to see you, I don't want to see any small contractor suffer the financial consequences of having all these payables come from July and August, and then the business slows down so much in September, and you can't keep your head above water, right? So you can't spend money like a drunken sailor when you're making it. This is, to some degree, it's a seasonal business, right? And if you take a farmer, right, the farmer goes and, 
you know, uh, plants their fields, they harvest that crop, and they take it to market, and they sell that, right? They got to hold that money. It's got to last them a long time until that next year where they can sell their harvest again, right? We have to be somewhat of the same mindset in our industry. We have to realize there are some peaks and some valleys, and there's some high times and low times. You got to be prepared for those things, right? Uh, especially if you're a small company and don't have access to credit. Now, if you got a line of credit, uh, all of us, I'm sure, have tapped down pretty hard on that line of credit in, uh, in September, October, November, and that's why it's there. So you got to make sure when you got your profits in, in, in the summertime, you're either saving it or just knocking down your lines of credit and freeing up that cash because cash is king, and that's what's going to keep you in business in the shoulder season, September, October. So number two, rule number two, you know, point number two, whatever you want to call it, save some cash for Black September. You're going to need it. And if you need it and don't have it, you're going to be in kind of a rock and a hard spot. So take that cash you're making in the summer, save a lot of it, save as much as you can, pay down your lines of credit, and you'll be ready to thrive in September and October in the shoulder season. Factor number three, to survive the summer and to prosper year-round, right? you got to make sure during the summertime that you are selling maintenance agreements like a mad dog, right? Because here's the thing. We all know that maintenance agreements are the key to success in the shoulder seasons, right? When all of a sudden it's, you know, 65, 70 degrees in your town, you want those maintenance calls. Now, those maintenance calls, as you know, are not going to be a moneymaker. You don't make any money, you know, somebody going and doing a tune-up for $69. It costs you more than that to send somebody out. And so we want to make sure, of course, that our people are trained to look for other opportunities, other problems to solve, new thermostats, some IQ, new ductwork, whatever it may be. The key is you have to have those opportunities. Where do those opportunities come from? They come from all your sales during the summertime. You gotta make sure that you are aggressively selling maintenance agreements with every new system that you sell, even if you include the first year for free, and certainly on every service call. I mean, your demand service right now is going to the roof. People are calling left and right, night and day, because their systems aren't working. And your service techs are going out and they're doing those repairs. You cannot do those repairs and walk out without having some kind of ongoing maintenance agreement with that customer because you're going to need that so much in the fall. It's critically important. This is your busiest time of the year. Obviously, the highest probability of you selling more maintenance agreements is when you're busy. So you got to find ways to make sure that your, your folks are doing that. And listen, one of the things I found about the maintenance agreement programs in most companies is that people tend to overcomplicate things. And there's, there's no right way or wrong way to do it, right? There's some accounting things you have to account for if you're accepting money now for, for future maintenance. There's some accounting uh, uh, things you have to account for on your balance sheet. And I don't want to get into that today. That's really more of a Gary Ellis topic anyway. But what I can tell you is in terms of selling it, there's a million different ways. I mean, you can sell it and take the money up front. Uh, what we did in my old company very successfully is we would simply collect $10 for each year of the maintenance contract. So let's say you had two pieces of equipment, furnace and AC, and you wanted a five-year agreement. That would be 10 bucks for each piece of equipment, uh, you know, for each year. So that'd be 20 bucks a year. You know, five years is only 100 bucks, right? So they would pay 100 bucks up front to secure that rate and the discounts and benefits of the maintenance agreement, but they only had to pay 100 bucks for the five years, right? And then we would build a balance of what it was, 79, 89 bucks, whatever it was, when we actually went out and performed the service. So it doesn't matter to me how you do it. Those are very simple ways to, to sell it because you don't require a lot of money. I know a lot of companies very successfully, they will sell a $9 or a $19 a month maintenance program that has a ton of benefits, and those are great too. It doesn't matter how you do it. I know companies that will collect the entire maintenance agreement up front, right? And then, you know, 
kind of make sure that's accounted for in the balance sheet, and then go out and perform those services over the coming years. It doesn't matter how you do it, but you got to have that business in the slower season. When we get into fall in September, October, November, you're going to need those maintenance agreements. So what do you do? you got to make sure right now that all your service tax and your CSRs are selling agreements viciously, aggressively, right, in mass quantities, right? You should be able to sell hundreds and hundreds of maintenance agreements in the summertime. And by the way, it's a cultural thing, right? One of the things we have to do, uh, for example, is train your CSRs. When they're booking a service call, the last thing they should say before they hang up is say, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, don't forget to ask Joe the service tech about your discount when he comes out. Well, that discount, of course, is going to be associated with being a service club member. So now when the, when the service tech goes out, the homeowner at some point in the call, probably towards the end, is going to say, hey, the girl on the phone said I should ask you about my discount, right? Segways right into the conversation about maintenance agreements. Well, it's a great question, Mr. Homeowner. As one of our VIP customers or whatever you call it, one of our maintenance customers, you're going to be eligible for a 10% discount today. All we got to do is get you signed up here and get you rolling. You got to make sure it's in the conversation of everybody in your company, which also means, by the way, if you want it to be in the conversation, it better be in the compensation. What I mean by that, if you want people to talk about maintenance agreements, you better be paying them. And it doesn't have to be a ton. You know, on your CSRs, maybe they get five bucks or 10 bucks for every agreement they sell. Same thing with your service technician. It doesn't take a ton of incentive, but it does take some incentive. Again, if you want to get it in the conversation, you better get it in the compensation. You can't expect people to go out and go, you know, sell something that benefits them in no way, only benefits the company, right? In a perfect world, if everybody was altruistic, everybody would go out and sell maintenance agreements because it's better for the homeowner. But we don't live in an altruistic world, do we? We live in a world driven by uh, the almighty factor of, you know, uh, self, uh, just self-benefit, whatever, whatever the word is, right? We're all driven by this, this, this uh, notion of doing what's in our own best interest, right? So you got to make sure selling that service agreement is in the best interest of the service technician and, of course, the CSR. So attach some kind of incentive to it. But whatever you do, and I don't care what you do, I don't care how you compensate for it, I don't care how your plan looks, I don't care if you think you're not ready, I don't care if you're not concerned, not, not sure how you're going to keep track of everything. If you have to, keep track of it on a spreadsheet right now. Do whatever you have to do. If you got a good, uh, a good CRM, you, you keep track of it there. Doesn't matter. Bottom line, the only thing that matters is that you sell service agreements like crazy when you're in your busy season, right? Don't ignore that fundamental. You got to sell those on every single time you get the chance, or at least attempt to. That's going to make a huge difference in your activity in the fall. So, lesson number three, point number three, factor number three, whatever you want to call it, number three, sell maintenance agreements like a mad dog in the summer. Factor number four. You got to start planning your fall marketing now, right? And I mean like now, like yesterday. One of the things that happens oftentimes in uh, small businesses of all types, especially the contracting business, is that we tend to be very reactive, right? We're super busy right now. We're not even thinking about marketing. You don't have to do much marketing because the phones are ringing off the hook and people are flagging you down in the street and snagging your installers at a, out of the house to come give an estimate. All kinds of stuff is happening. But that's not going to happen when it gets slower in September, correct? And so what happens is we end up getting into September. All of a sudden, you know, you're hearing crickets because things are so quiet. And then we start thinking, man, we got to do some marketing. Well, the reality is any kind of effective marketing program is going to have a 30 to 60 day 
you know, ramp up time at the minimum. I will tell you this, the most successful companies right now, they're planning for 2021 marketing, six months in advance. You may not have a marketing department that has that kind of uh, resource that can plan out that far, but you can start planning for September. So really start thinking about what your marketing plan is gonna be for September, start setting some of the money aside. You know, we talked about in uh, an earlier part of this uh, training to make sure you're saving some cash, set some cash aside for marketing for the fall, right? And start thinking about what your marketing is gonna be. Now, when you start thinking, okay, what kind of marketing can I do? There's really two options as I see it, right? You can market for system replacements in the fall, or you can market for maintenance agreements in the fall, or I guess some combination of both. And most of the great companies that I know, they tend to focus more on marketing for maintenance agreements in the fall, right? Because it's easier to get someone to respond to a, you know, a $79 tune-up letter than, you know, buying a brand new system before they need it for the winter, right? So it's very, very effective. However, you have to make sure that if you're marketing aggressively for a maintenance program for the fall and you're going to have your people out running these, you know, initial maintenance calls, they can't just go in and do a $69 maintenance and leave. They have to be trained how to look for other problems, right? In this business, again, as I said earlier, you get compensated based on the number of problems that you find, the number of problems you solve for your homeowner. So you got to make sure that your service technicians are trained to go in and look for opportunities. If they just go in and do the basic maintenance, you're going to get killed. You're probably going to lose a lot of money. We have to look for additional opportunities. And I can tell you this, the best companies have their service technicians just completely dialed in and honed in on how to solve problems, how to find problems and solve problems off of those solutions to their homeowners. But it's critically important you start thinking about your marketing now. One of the advantages I felt that I always have in this business is that I'm always looking at at least one quarter, maybe two quarters, right? What are we going to do in the fall? What are we doing next winter? And start those planning sessions, right? A lot of times I think people don't know where to start, and so they don't do anything at all because they don't know how to get started. Listen, it can, if you're a smaller company and you might be the owner and the marketing manager, right? It might all be up to you. Just like sit down with a notepad and a pen and maybe your computer and start Googling marketing plans for small business, for contractors, and you'll get a ton of ideas. It's just all creative thought, right? There's no perfect formula for success. There's no you know, secret plan. It's all about creativity. Every company does it differently. The important thing is, is that you have to do it. You have to be involved in the process, right? Because if you're not planning, if you're not even contemplating what you should be doing three months down the road, obviously that's not going to result in anything successful. You just got to carve out some time and say, I'm going to spend one hour on Tuesday nights thinking about my marketing, right? And you start watching some YouTube videos. Now, we got a ton of stuff here at EGIA you can watch, right? Uh, shows and training on marketing and different things. You know, spend some time studying those things. You'll get a ton of good ideas. You might not do it the exact way that Gary Alex teaches or Drew Cameron teaches or that I teach, but you'll at least start having a conversation with yourself. And then maybe you loop in uh, a local marketing company, direct mail or digital marketing company that you work with, right? They'll have some ideas for you. So the bottom line is don't wait until you're dead and then start trying to put a marketing plan together. It's going to cost money. That means you got to start putting that money aside right now in the summertime. It's going to take time. If you're going to do a direct mail for, uh, campaign, for example, 
maybe for service agreements or for replacement, whatever it is. That process takes at least a month to get set up. If you started today to have an effective direct mail campaign set up, it would take a month. You got to find a mail house. You got to write the content. You got to get it printed. You got to get it ready for shipping out. These things take time. And I can promise you, these printers and these direct mail houses, they never get in a big hurry, right? They want plenty of notice. So again, it's about you looking ahead and doing the planning now. Again, it's just one of the most fundamental mistakes I see. People don't start thinking about marketing, not necessarily until it's too late, but when they're in the heat of the battle, right? They're in the thick and thin of things, and things are dead, the phones aren't ringing, and they're thinking about laying people off or whatever it is. People are crying about it, not having enough work, and then somebody says, hey, maybe we should do some marketing. Let's start thinking about September now. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing this a lot of years, right? And if you've been doing it more than maybe one or two, you'd be pretty sure the temperature is going to cool off in September or October. You better be ready for it, which means you got to start thinking about your marketing plan now, setting the money aside now, getting ready for what's going to happen. You have to be, you know, a person who has foresight to be successful in business. You can't always be right here, right? You got to step back and be able to see the forest. If you're so close to it, like you might be right now, it's super busy, then you can't get any perspective. You can't see any strategy. You can't see the 30,000 foot perspective, right? You got to make yourself. Find, some, find the time and make sure you sit down with a notepad, your computer, and a pen and start doing some research. Just start marketing, you know, marketing, HVAC marketing, shoulder season. You'll probably find tons and tons of videos that will give you some ideas on things you got to start doing now. So the main point is, whatever you do, make sure you start doing it now. Factor number five. I feel like I'm on Sesame Street with this. <laughs> Factor number five in having a fantastic seizing the summer spectacular. Uh, we got to make sure that we are ready to go into the fall, which means you have to schedule intensive training with your people before it slows down. Now, I can hear a lot of you saying, we don't have time. We don't have time. It's too busy. Let me tell you something. You better find the time. I am here to tell you that in the summertime, despite all of our admonitions and all of our recommendations, people start cutting corners. Your lead coordinators are buried, they're swamped, they're overwhelmed. They're just setting leads, right? They're just getting a time and a place. Your service technicians are going in doing repairs and not selling maintenance agreements as often as they should, and then they're bolted to the next call. Your salespeople, they've got so many calls, they're dropping off bids. I don't care how good you are, this is human nature when we get busy. So here's what happens. We get into the habit for these three months, June, July, and August of cutting corners. And guess what? You can cut corners and still be very, very successful. So you think, hey, I think I got this thing dialed in. But to call the, all the corners that you've cut over the course of the summer, all of a sudden you're in September and it's 70 degrees and you get your rear end handed to you. Because cutting corners on the, on the service call doesn't work anymore. Uh, cutting corners on the sales call doesn't work anymore. So you've got to make sure that you start training. I always recommend two weeks before you predict it's going to slow down. And I know it's hard, but you can find an hour a week to start doing some basic training. And listen, folks, this is the best part of being an EGIA member. Everything you need, every training topic you need is online. And they're all broken down into small modules. So you can start taking sales training. You can start taking marketing training, service tech training, service tech communications training, CSR training. All those programs are in the contracting university. But you got to make sure 
that you get everybody back to the fundamentals before you start slowing down, right? That way, when it starts slowing down, they're reminded like, hey, we cut a lot of corners here in the summer. We got away with it. We're not going to get away with it here when it's 75 or 70 or 65 degrees outside. We got to make sure that we do this. Uh, in my companies, we always start. Uh, it's kind of interesting here in Colorado. We do have a strong air conditioning season, especially this year because of the COVID. Everybody's in their house working. But typically around mid-August, it starts slowing down. And that's crazy because it's still very hot here. In fact, it's probably our hottest month in Colorado. But the mentality here in Colorado is once you've made it to August, oh, September is around the corner, right? And the truth is, right, one September night, it comes in, it's 40 degrees, and that's the end of summer, right? Just seems like it happens overnight. So, you know, it can stop very early on in August. So what I started doing the beginning of August, we always start putting our guys through the basic training. If you look at the basic mindset and sales training, I think combined, it's probably about seven or eight hours. So if we start doing a half an hour a week, you know, maybe the first part of August, you know, you've gotten through a big chunk of the training by the end of August, getting people back in the right mindset, reminding them the importance of the fundamentals, right, of building relationships, investigating the problems, solving the problems. All the corners they've been cutting, all the, the shortcuts they've been taking all summer and getting away with it are going to catch up to them in September. So don't wait until it's, you know, doldrums and dead and nobody's selling anything and say, hey, maybe we should get back to some training. You got to think ahead, just like with the marketing in the previous segment. You got to be thinking out over the horizon. You got to make sure your people are ready. What's going to happen is they hit these slower seasons. They've had so much success, and that's great, so much success in the summer season, but that success in many cases has, you know, come it, despite the fact they've been cutting corners. You take that same mindset into September, and it's not going to be a good outcome. You've got to make sure you got to start your training early, at least two weeks before you perceive or expect things to start slowing down. So you've got to make sure that this doesn't happen to you. You've got to make sure that your people don't walk into the fall and get blindsided, right? Because what worked in the summer and cutting corners will not work in the slower times of the season. So you got to make sure you're looking ahead, getting your training done, get it scheduled now. It's all available to you on the EGI contractor platform. You got to make sure you're taking advantage of it. So, folks, that's what I wanted to talk about this week, right? We put this season of summer series together to give you information that you need uh, to be successful in the summer. And so, to me, these are factors that you have to be thinking about if you're going to be successful, not just now in the summer with respect to staying, you know, focused on the fundamentals and that kind of thing, but also thinking about the marketing and training and stuff that you're going to need and the maintenance agreements you're going to need in September so as to not to get blindsided because there's nothing worse than coming out of a great summer and then just getting your teeth kicked in in the fall and not being ready for it. So I want you to seize the summer, right? I want you, you are seizing the summer. It's probably crazy busy where you are. I want you to seize the summer. But I want you also to be paying attention to the fall and be having one eye out in the future. That's what a strategist does. That's what a business owner, leader should be doing. Looking out over the horizon, what's coming up? Yeah, we're really busy now, you know, but we got to stay focused on our fundamentals here so we maximize our opportunity. And oh, by the way, we got to make sure we have cash and maintenance agreements and training and fundamentals when we go in maintenance agreements when we go into the fall because those are the things that are going to make you successful year round. It's all about planning, 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 planning preparation, right? You got to be ready for those times. So get out there, enjoy the rest of your summer, make a bucket load of money, enjoy it all, save some of it for the fall, 
and make sure that you're not just seizing the summer, but you're kicking booty and taking names in the fall, and you're ready for it because you capitalized and seized the summer. We love this special seizing the summer content, right? We do it every year. It's special content just for the summer. Now, if you like this content and you're not a member, you can get full access to the series right now by filling out the form on this page. This is powerful, powerful content that you can implement all summer long to maximize your profits and be prepared for the dreaded slow season. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now.